everybody, it's Matt. Welcome or welcome back to the Journey Church Podcast. If you haven't yet, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you automatically get our weekly episodes. And you might want to subscribe to our Journey Cowboy YouTube channel as well. You'll find messages, music, interviews, inspiring stories, and more from me right there. Have you ever found yourself complaining even though life's pretty good? I think all of us have done that, right? Most of us are living really good lives. We're living the lives that we hoped one day we would experience. We're really blessed, and yet we still complain. If we're not careful, we end up focusing way more on what we don't have or what we don't like than all the good in our lives. Why is that? Well, let's talk about it in this episode of Mastermind. I think most of us struggle to stay positive because our mind is a battlefield. Most of life's battles are actually won or lost in the mind. The life that we're living is really a result of the thoughts that we think because your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So if you think about it, it's really hard to be positive when your mind's full of negativity and it's really hard to be content when your mind's always comparing. It's really hard to be grateful when your mind just wants to gripe about stuff. So for the past few episodes, we have talked about some of the tools that the Apostle Paul gave us for mastering our minds because he had to learn how to train his mind just like all of us do. And one of those tools that he developed was the ability to change what we might call his mental filter. Now let me see if I can explain this. A mental filter is just the instinctual or the natural way that you tend to see life. And it's formed by a couple of influences. One of them is your wiring. In other words, the way you were made, the personality that you have. That'll influence how you see the world. But the other influence is your past experiences. It's how you were raised. It's the things that you've gone through in your life. I'll give you a few examples. Unfortunately, some of you grew up with or you have spent a good part of your life around men who were controlling or hurtful or abusive. Now, not all men are controlling or hurtful, you know that. Matter of fact, most of them aren't. But because of what you have endured and experienced, your mental filter may tell you not to trust any man you meet. It may be how you see all men. It's because of the experiences you've had. Or, let's say you grew up in a home where your parents somehow sent you the message that you'd never be successful. Then let's say you grew up and you actually did well for yourself and you started succeeding it's very possible that you're going to feel like an imposter who doesn't really deserve the success you've got. And it's just because of the mental filter that you have. Or let's say you grew up around people who are racist. Well, it's really easy to have that filter when you think about or you interact with a certain race of people. And here's the thing that makes mental filters so dangerous. We're not usually aware we have them because, again, they're instinctual. They just feel natural. They feel normal. They have been around so long that we don't even know they're there. You know, we've thought those thoughts for so long that our brains just naturally go down those paths over and over again. Without realizing it, what we've done is we have pre-wired our brains to filter or to interpret things a certain way, and now we're certain that's the right or the only way to see or interpret the situation. Even though that filter you have, that filter I have, it may be skewed, it may be wrong. Now, I don't think you need me to explain to you the danger of that. But these filters we have, 
they change how things feel. They change how we feel. Just like you can put a filter on your Insta post and you can change the feel of that photo, well, you can change the feel of any situation or circumstance in your life just by the filter you apply to it mentally. This is why two people often respond completely differently to the exact same situation. It's why in the last year, as our country navigated the pandemic and the racial injustices and all the political tensions, people would look at the exact same situation and they derive at completely different conclusions. The facts of the situation weren't any different, but the filters those people used to interpret the facts, well, those filters made things very different. So what the Apostle Paul discovered, and I'm going to show you an example of this in a second from his life, but what he discovered is that you can actually choose how to frame or filter every situation you face in life. In other words, the mental filters you have, they're not out of your control. You can filter or frame your thinking accurately, or you can frame and filter it inaccurately, but you get to choose. And Paul, he had to learn this. He had to learn this because he faced the exact same pressures and problems and ups and downs that all of us face in life. And it didn't take him long to realize the frame and the filter that he would choose would make all the difference in whether he lived positively or negatively in life. Let me show you one example of what I mean. So Paul had this dream high on his bucket list to visit the city of Rome. Maybe you want to go to Rome one day. He did too, but he wanted to go to Rome for a different reason. He wanted to start a church there. Rome was the epicenter of the world at that time. So he thought to himself, well, if I can just get to Rome and preach, we could impact so many more lives, spread the message of Jesus so much faster. But every time Paul planned to go to Rome, something would happen and it would derail his plans. It was really frustrating to him. But eventually... He did make it to Rome. The problem was he didn't arrive in Rome as a preacher. He arrived as a Roman prisoner who had been arrested for preaching the message of Jesus. So now he's made it to his dream, right? He's in the city, but he's locked up on house arrest with a different Roman prison guard by his side every eight hours. And so while he's there in prison, he writes back to the Christians that he had met in the city of Philippi, and he describes to them what is happening. He says, now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. Paul wrote that. It's, that is a different filter, isn't it? Instead of looking at this as a negative, Paul says, I'm going to filter this experience through the positives that are actually coming from it. And what's happened to me, which isn't good, but it's led to something very good. It's actually spread the message of Jesus more than if I'd just come to Rome and met with the Christians here and preached in the church. Say, so, well, how's it good, Paul? Well, he told us. In his letter, he wrote, as a result of me being in prison, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard that I'm in chains for Christ. In other words, Paul's going, all right, every eight hours, they rotate another palace employee in here to guard me. So I'm getting to share about Jesus with some of the most influential people in the entire city of Rome. They're a captive audience for eight hours. You see how he's reframing this to focus on the positives coming out of it? But wait, he's not done. He goes on, he writes this. He says, and because of my chains, most of the brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and they dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. So this is Paul going, all right, the Christians here in Rome are actually bolder in sharing about Jesus because I'm here in prison. It hadn't made them more fearful. As they've watched me thrive under house arrest, it's just inspired them. 
Now here's what I want to point out. Paul is not sticking his head in the sand, ignoring the problem that he's facing. Matter of fact, he is fully aware of the issues. He's fully aware of the danger. He mentions some of them next. In his letter he wrote, It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry. In other words, he says, There's some people out there, they're talking about Jesus just to try and cause more trouble for me while I'm here in Rome. They're trying to elevate themselves above me. But, he wrote, others are doing it out of goodwill, and the latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. The former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely, supposing they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains. Let me just pause here because that would be plenty of reason for Paul, who's already given up so much and risked his life so these people could know about Jesus. That'd be plenty of reason for him to complain, to gripe, to give up on church, to give up on the Christians after all. They're not treating him in a very kind way when he needs it most. But remember, it's not the facts. It's the frame and the filter that determines how a person responds. And so Paul chooses a different filter. He goes on as he's writing to these Christians in Philippi and he says, but what does it matter? What's it matter if there's a little segment of Christians who are trying to make it tough on me? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And he says, because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I'll continue to rejoice. And then Paul goes on to list all of these positives that he's seen come about out of his arrest. And might be worth you looking up his letter to the Philippians and reading that on your own because his perspective is pretty powerful. But here's the thing I don't want you to miss today. The difference in Paul's life was not what was happening to him. It's how he framed and filtered what he faced. And the same thing is true for you and me. If you're a negative person, if you find yourself complaining a lot, it's not because your circumstances are actually worse than everyone else. It's because you have chosen to place a negative frame and filter on what you're going through. You've just chosen to focus on the negatives. If you tend to see the worst in people and you feel like people are always disappointing you, well, listen, it may not actually be because the people around you are so much worse than the people around me. It may just be the frame and the filter that you're viewing them through. Listen, you can't control what happens to you, but you do get to control how you frame it and how you filter it. You don't control a lot of what happens in your life but you control how you interpret it and you control how you respond to it. So just like Paul, you and I can choose to find the positives, even in the most difficult situations. All right, so let me give you some practical ways to start practicing how to frame or filter things so that you see things in a positive light. One way you can frame things better is just to thank God for what didn't happen. I'll give you a basic example of this. So a few months ago, Early in the morning, I'm driving to the gym to work out. It's still dark, about 5.30 in the morning. As I'm going down our little backcountry road, a deer decided to ambush me and try to score a free Uber ride into my car. She actually ran out of the woods right into my driver's side window. I'm not making this up. Shattered my window, took my side view mirror, and pushed it all the way in against the dash. Left me and my car covered in glass, all right? Now, I could have been really mad about that, and normally I might have been really frustrated by that. But it just so happened that I was working on this series when this accident happened. So it was fresh on my mind, and I decided to reframe it. So what I began to do is think about the fact that, you know what? I can be really grateful I didn't get hurt. 
I am extremely grateful that that deer didn't get stuck in my window when we had a wrestling match to death. And I was really grateful that when I got out and looked around that somehow she hadn't torn up the side of my car. I don't know how that happened, but she hadn't. She just shattered the window. Well, that's what I mean. You can take any situation and you can think about and thank God for what didn't happen. Absolutely acknowledge what did, but focus on the positives as well. Maybe you missed your target goals at work and it costs you the bonus you're really hoping for and you're frustrated by it. I get that. But you can still thank God that over the last year you didn't lose your job, you got a good job, and you know what? Even though the year was tough, you're going to get another shot at getting that bonus next year. Maybe you've had some health issues that led you to have to go through some difficult treatments. That's not easy. You shouldn't act like it's easy. But you can still thank God that, you know what, your health condition didn't go undetected and take your life. You can thank God that there's medicine and doctors and people there to support you along the way. I'm not saying act like nothing's bad, but often it's helpful to frame what you're going through differently and be sure to thank God for what didn't happen, not just focus on what has. Here's another way to practice framing. You can decide in advance that whatever you face in life, you're going to filter it, you're going to frame it positively. Instead of focusing on how much you hate going to that event your family's dragging you to, what if you focus on how grateful you are for the opportunity to spend a little bit more time with your family? Instead of focusing on how hard today's going to be, you could wake up and be grateful that, you know what, I got some challenges today. And there's some people I'm going to get to face those challenges with, and I'm glad I'm not doing it alone. It's going to be fun because I like challenges. You decide in advance, you know what, I'm going to frame this, I'm going to filter this positively. I'm going to shift my thinking to the positive and not the negative. Here's one more suggestion. Uh, a great way to frame or filter something positively is also to look for God's goodness in whatever you're going through. Because I promise you, you'll always find what you're looking for. God's at work in every single situation in your life, even the most difficult ones. If you don't see him, it might be because you're not looking for him. But he works all things together for good in the lives of those of us who love him and are pursuing his purpose. So just look for the goodness of God in the middle of your grief. Look for the purpose in the middle of your pain. I mean, it's easy to find all the stuff that's not working, that's bad, that's wrong. We, we always see that. But if you look for it, you're going to be able to find some positives, not just some negatives. If you look for the good, if you look for the purpose, if you look for the activity of God, you're going to see that too. And you'll end up living a much more meaningful life. Listen, your life always moves in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And here's the best news. You have the power to choose what you think about. You have the power to choose what you focus on. And Jesus wants to help you and help me focus on framing or filtering our thoughts in a way that will lead us to a fulfilling life. You do not have to let negative thoughts dominate you every day. You don't have to live with a filter that always sees the worst, that always assumes the worst in everything and everyone. Jesus says he can transform you by the renewing of your mind. He can help you have his frame and his filter for your life. Matter of fact, there is a word for that. It's called wisdom. Wisdom is seeing life through God's frame and God's filter. It's seeing life from God's point of view. And guess what? God's made you a promise. He's promised to provide you his wisdom generously if you'll ask for it. That's all you've got to do. So let me ask you, do you need 
to reject some of the default filters and frames that you are allowing to shape your life? Do you need to replace some of those filters with God's point of view instead? It's always a mistake to interpret God and to interpret life through the filter of your circumstances. Paul's point is we get to choose to interpret and filter our circumstances and our lives through the goodness of our Heavenly Father. So don't be passive. Don't just accept your instinctual or natural mental filters. No, look at them, pay attention to them, and then let God do His work in you to transform how you think as you choose His filters, His frames for your life. Because you can't control what happens to you. But you and I definitely can control how we frame it. Let me pray for us. Father, would you make us aware this week of some of the natural ways that we tend to look at life, some of the natural filters that we have that we're probably not even aware of there. So help us to see them, help us to recognize them, and then help us to lean into you to change them so we can begin to see life from your point of view. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Hey, if you'd like more content like this, subscribe to our YouTube channel and download our Journey Calway app to access all of our recent message content. And our app is the easiest way to share this content with a friend. For more information on our church, be sure to visit journeycalway.com. That's journeycalway.com. Thanks for listening.